Umon's staff becoming a dragon. Engo's introduction. Buddhas and sentient beings are fundamentally not different. Mountains, rivers, and oneself are the same. How then does duality come about? Even if you are well versed in Zen koans and know how to work with them, it won't do to stop there. If you do not stop, the whole world will be dissolved without a particle left behind. Now tell me, what does it mean to be well-versed in Zen koans? See the following. Main subject. Umon held out his staff and said to the assembly, the staff has transformed itself into a dragon and has swallowed up the universe. Where are the mountains, the rivers, and the good earth? Secho's verse. The staff has swallowed up the universe. Don't talk about peach blossoms floating on the waters. The fish that gets its tail singed may fail to grasp the mist and clouds. The ones that lie with gills exposed need not lose heart. My verse is done. But do you really hear me? Take it easy. Be unwavering. Stop any further confusion. Seventy-two blows are not enough. It's hard to let you go with a hundred and fifty. So, Jika, uh, if you'd like, you can take a chair here between these two, Jika, you can come over here, and Carol, you can come wherever you'd like. And uh, John, would you like to bring your chair forward into the front? She needs to hear. That's why I suggested Jika instead of Carol taking that seat. Can you give it to Jika? And then you can move your chair, if you like, into the front over here as well. Okay, good. How is that? Is everybody happy? <laughs> do I care? Obviously I do. I want you to have a good seat where you can see and hear. And if you're too far away and you want to come even closer, here's a nice spot. So people have come today from all directions. It's so wonderful to see you all. When I realized, oh my goodness, I scheduled spring session on Easter weekend, duh, I thought, well, how can we do this? So, well, 
Saturday is not Easter, right? You did Friday, those of you who are obedient Catholics. Good Friday, you did, yes? Who went to Good Friday service? What's the matter with you? (laughs) So we should have started last night, eh? (laughs) Anyway, it's great to see you all. Hoen was here briefly from Montreal. She has vanished. Long drive. She's how old? 80 what? 83. She came for as long as she could. And you came from Northampton and you came from Daibosatsu Zendo, which is so nice to have you here. And some of you just rolled out of bed this morning <laughs> and wandered over. That's good. So there's a wonderful story that Soen Roshi tells about how Umon came. So today we are meeting with Umon Bunen Zenji. Many of you who are familiar, what does he say here? Um, What does it mean to be well-versed in Zen koans? It means at least you know some of the koans with Umon as the primary actor. Yes? So you may remember, someone asks him, what is Buddha? What does he say? Kanshiketsu, which means shit wiping stick. It's mm. quite some guy here, huh? And then he says to the assembly at another point, I don't ask you anything about the days before the 15th of the month. What's the 15th of the month refer to? The full moon of awakening in the lunar calendar, right? But what about after the 15th of the month? And everybody looked at him the way you're looking at me. Uh (laughs) So he answered, every day is a good day. Another time, a monk asked, how will it be when the leaves fall and the trees are bare and withered? Again, he answered, what? Did you hear them? Golden wind revealed. This is two names of two people at the heads of these two tons. Golden wind, Kimpu. Tairo. Tairo Kimpu is his answer, Gumon's answer. Tairo Chikyo is your nun's name, right? And it means revealed. So this is our wonderful Umon, and perhaps the mm, statement he made that outdoes all of his statements is what? One word. Nothing. Close. Something. (laughs) Khan. Khan. In the koans, Wigan's eyebrows. Khan, he says. Khan. Which means barrier. 
So anyway, I promised I would read something to you from Soen Roshi. He tells the story about uh, Umon's meeting with Bokshu when uh, Bokshu was a hermit and didn't want to receive any visitors and those who came would be roughly sent away and Umon was so persistent, coming again and again, get out of here, speak, you can't speak, get out. Until he had this great idea, he would stick his foot in the door before Bokshu could shut it. So he did, and what happened? Yes, he definitely did. He broke his foot and he was lame forever after. But at that moment, at that moment, BAM! Great enlightenment. So are you willing? Yes, right? The answer is yes, in case you didn't know. Yes, that's right. So then, in Umon's time, there was Zen master Reiju. Rei means spirit, Ju means tree. Reiju Daiyosho. He had a monastery, probably like Daibasatsu Zendo. And Reiju kept the shuso, the cedar cushion of the head monk, vacant. He always said, my head monk is not yet born. Then one day he said, this ray is spirit means, oh, I can see, I can see. Spiritual eye. He said, today my head monk will come. So everybody made two lines at the gate and waited. Some doubted, but some waited eagerly. Then Umon appeared, wandering monk, wearing a black robe and sandals and lame. At once everybody knew. Reiju invited Umon to his room and served tea. He asked Umon, why did you come here? Mm, wonderful question. Some of you have come to Doksan for the first time and perhaps you have heard this question. Why are you here? Umon answered, there was no special reason why I came. Something led me here. So I came here. How about you? How many of you felt that? I can't really tell you why. Something led me here. Somehow. So I came. And Reju, the spirit trees and master, said, Yes, I have been awaiting you since before your birth. I know when you shaved your head, when you had your wonderful experience. And I have keenly awaited your arrival. Truly, you and I were brother monks under Buddha Shakyamuni in India. Each of us vowed to continue this great vow. Wonderful meeting. So if sometimes you are somewhat confused in your practice or you lose heart or you feel, I've been doing this for so long and what do I have to show for it anyway? Just remember this story. You are here. You can't say why, but something led you.
And that's really the most important thing. As for this koan, let's go into it. Engo's introduction. Buddhas and sentient beings are fundamentally not different. So we just chanted the song of Zazen, right? And that starts out how? Sentient beings are fundamentally Buddhas. Fundamentally same. And this is also what Shakyamuni Buddha said when he awakened. Wonderful. All beings and I are perfect and complete. No, no duality between Buddha and not Buddha. No duality between Buddha and sentient being. No duality between sentient being and insentient being. We are sitting on these mats, on this floor, and we may think, I am a sentient being about to become a Buddha, but that's just a floor. No. How many of you were floorboards in your past lives? That's usually the way we see things. Engel then says, mountains, rivers, and oneself are the same. Floorboards and oneself, the same. How then does duality come about? When you fall into duality, how is this possible even, he's saying? You may believe it. What kind of belief is that? Oh, you're over there and I'm over here. This duality, self and other, is the usual the kind of primal duality along with birth and death, right? Our usual way of seeing. Inside is different from outside. Our original one mind is different from all of our wandering thoughts. Hmm? Don't we have this kind of attitude toward what goes on in what we call the mind? Oh, go away, bad thoughts, we don't like you. We forget. Every thought is itself this one original mind. If we can really see thoughts that way, then what? No problem, right? All phenomena, all thought forms are nothing but this very one mind. what happens? Well, according to this koan, what happens is all the seemingly separated entities, dualities, dissolve. There's not a particle that isn't gobbled up. And Engo says in his introduction, even if you are well-versed in Zen koans and know how to work with them, it won't do to stop there. What is it to be well-versed in the koans? Aside from what I said before about being familiar with the various great Zen masters who appear in these koans, what is it to be well-versed? Embodying them through and through, right? No difference, no separation. 
to realize the fundamental that is being imparted in every koan. Every koan is the same. It's just a different formalization of the same truth. Jikyo, I can't see you. That means you can't see me. So, mm, yes, or Jonathan, how about if you bring your chair to the floor behind your cushion there? That way she can see and I can see. This is very important. I have to make sure our Jiki Jitsu doesn't fall asleep while I'm talking. <laughs> so you may say to realize the fundamental point that is expressed in every koan is in fact to hold out the staff. And even if you realize this, you must go on. You can't stop there thinking, okay, I got it. I passed that koan, yay! And then another one comes along and says, really? What happens is, even after becoming intimate with that fundamental point, each one of us is carrying around a lot of baggage, a lot of old karmic conditioning, and it seems, what? What would you say about that karmic baggage, that old conditioning? Seems? Real. Seems real, right? It seems real and it's pretty powerful. Some of you may have noticed how it seems to bubble up, unbidden, and grab hold and say, this is your life. This is who you are. You're a mess. And you'll never be anything but a mess, so don't let that koan passing business fool you. So this new koan is challenging you in a way that you haven't been challenged before, even though there's nothing different. Get the Formulation here, sameness and differentiation. Always. You are doing moo every day. Moo, moo, moo in, moo out. If you're really doing moo, it's the same. And yet, every single moo is completely different, right? Mooing in the morning, mooing in the evening, mooing in the nighttime too. You can make your own song up. <laughs> Every single breath has never been breathed before. We take this for granted. So we may slip back into these conditioned patterns and wonder, what was that? Was that real? Was that understanding real? How come it's not here now when I need it? Yeah, challenge after challenge, honing this, honing what you have come to see, never being complacent. You cannot stop there. If you do not stop, Ungo, uh, Engo says, the whole world will be dissolved without a particle left behind. There will be nothing left. When, as we chant in opening this dharma, we realize this. Then what? 
Hmm? Actualize this. They cannot be separated. And when the staff is held as Umon held it out, it's still filled with what? Endless potentiality. And when it transforms itself into a dragon, then what? Activity, actualizing this fundamental point. And when you have actualized from this completely dissolved mind, this mind of no mind, Murshin, or as Rinzai put it, mind is without form. Or as we chanted, to regard the form of no form as form, whether going or returning, we cannot be any place else. This actualization, this is it. There's no before and after. So no further distinctions or dualities. This no mind, this activity that leaves no trace, this realization that is actualized, coming from within this no mind, this no form, all discriminating thoughts gone. That's where your interactions with others can be pure without any egocentricity to create duality between self and other. This is the practice of Zen, in a nutshell. Hmm? Did you get it? Yes? What did you say? <laughs> when we don't hold on to any distinctions, any artificial conceptions, when we have no falling into the usual mind set of dualism, then are coming from this pure open heart, this clear mind, then no matter what our interactions are, they have that nature, that pure nature. They will not create disturbances for self, quote-unquote, and other, quote-unquote. Hakuin Zenji said, when you have returned everything to self, you lose what you have and are at a loss for a place to stand. In other words, you're groundless. There is no place. You are any place else. Whether going or returning, you cannot be any place else. Same. You are groundless. There is no place to stand when you have returned everything to self. Self with a capital S. Many of you know Dogen's famous verse, to study the Buddha way is to study the self. To study the self is 
to forget the self. This is what Hakuin is saying. When you have returned everything to self, you lose what you have. There is nothing you can have. And are at a loss for a place to stand. There is no stand to take. No unchanging fixed so-called reality. No ground on which to place your feet. And then Dogen goes on. To forget the self is to be enlightened by the myriad things. When enlightened by the myriad things, body and mind drop away. This is just another way of saying the whole world will be dissolved. Until the whole world being dissolved is experienced, you are still with one foot in duality and one foot just tentatively testing the waters. And Dogen said, no trace of realization remains. See? Without a particle left behind, Engo put it. And this no trace, Dogen said, continues endlessly. Now this doesn't make sense to our rational minds, right? What do you mean a no trace continues endlessly? Well, how could a trace continue endlessly? We all know. We are all made of traces, right? How many of you know that your traces are on their way out? So this main subject, Umon, held out his staff and said to the assembly, the staff has transformed itself into a dragon. You see it? Huh? It's transformed itself into a dragon and swallowed up the universe. Where are the mountains, the rivers, and the good earth? Where have they gone? You may know uh, rather, well, it's a well-known saying, so you're probably familiar with it. When I first started Zen practice, mountains were mountains, rivers were rivers. Then I had some experience, and mountains were not mountains. Rivers were not rivers. Or we might say, just and then at last I see. Mountains are mountains. Rivers are rivers. This is without a particle left behind. There is no trace. 
Okay? There is no sense to be made of this. Our minds want to say, well, if there's no trace, then how come mountains are now mountains and rivers are now rivers? Right? Maybe somebody is thinking this way. What are you talking about? Exactly. Mm -hmm. You must experience it for yourself. This is not a theory. Mountains, gone. Rivers, gone. Now, mountains, rivers. Okay. Mountains, rivers, and oneself are the same. Do you remember? Just a few minutes ago, I read that. Engo's introduction. To experience this is to know for yourself the great treasure. Can't, very dangerous to use words, but anyway. Where are they? Where are they? What is this? Who am I? For most of our lives, we're taught that we have to come up with solutions and answers to the problems that we find ourselves faced by, right? And what happens when we bring up those answers and those solutions? Have you had any experience along those lines? Hmm? Hmm? They don't work. Right. Because why? You get a new set of problems. Mm -hmm. The answers themselves create problems. Because, you know, every single answer we can come up with or solution we can come up with is something that is based on our figuring something out that we have decided is separate from the question. You know, the question of our lives, like, who am I? What is this? Where has it all gone? Can you imagine going into this absolutely free. So here we cannot use a word, can't, can't say free state, right? State immediately brings it back from freedom to a room somewhere, a box somewhere, a condition, a definition. Can't talk about this shit. <laughs> Tasho, impossibility after impossibility. Swallow up, swallow up. Secho's verse starts The staff has swallowed up the universe. Forget about the dragon. Staff in itself, one with dragon. Potentiality, even you cannot see it. Becoming a dragon, good for you. No need to become. Already. This wonderful Secho who continued the Umon line. And then he says, don't talk about peach blossoms floating on the waters. Probably you weren't really going to talk about <laughs> these peach blossoms floating on the waters. Maybe you would have talked about some little dried up leaves floating on Onondaga Creek. But I'll tell you the story anyway. The allusion is to uh, this Dragon Gate waterfall. Very famous 
Dragon Gate waterfall in China. And in the spring, above the waterfall, beautiful water would be flowing, petals would float down from the flowers, the peach, the peach blossoms. And gathering below the falls would be hundreds and hundreds of fish. So what would happen? These fish gathering below the falls would decide that they wanted to go up. Maybe they wanted to eat those beautiful peach blossoms. We don't know. But in any case, the most energetic fish would manage to go up the falls. These energetic fish, by the way, these are you. Each one of you is this energetic fish or you wouldn't be here. Right? Yeah, you're not just like, I don't care, whatever. (laughs) Peach blossoms, waterfall, yeah, right, uh, whatever. When is she going to finish this talk anyway? (laughs) I'll drink some more tea. To have energy, to have vigor for our practice is absolutely crucial. To have the vigor that it takes to realize that there's nothing to be vigorous about. There is absolutely nothing to do. It's all done. But if you say it and you haven't experienced it, you're going to get caught in the... Well, I won't give you any further conceptualizations, but leave it at that. So, here we are, leaping the falls to reach the petal-strewn waters above. And while we leap, what happens? Our tails are scorched by lightning, because it's a very energetic process, you see. And so the entire universe is... Shooting down, lightning, thunder, fish jumping. You get it? You feel it? Yeah, I mean, this is our practice. We're not, you know, just kind of... And so, they, by doing this, or we, by doing this, are transformed into dragons. This is the story about the dragon gate waterfall and the petals and the fish. The fish jump... They go up, they have the energy, they make it, and because of that, lightning strikes them, and because of that, they're transformed into dragons, and they can try to grasp the mist and the fog and the clouds. But Secho says, they may not get to that heavenly realm of the mist and the clouds. They may fail. They may fail to grasp And not only they, not only all of us who are doing this practice, but maybe a few people who aren't here today may be lying around with gills exposed. These are the fish that didn't make it, okay? They're lying around. Their gills are exposed. In other words, they're dead. But he says, they too need not lose heart. Or you may say, I too... I may not lose heart, even though I feel today is not a good day. Sorry, Umon. (laughs) It's not a good day for me to try to ascend the waterfall. Maybe tomorrow. Don't lose heart, okay? Hmm. So, somehow, these fish... don't make it, they may fail, they may fall back on the rocks, and they're lying there. Don't lose heart. It's like our slipping back into the usual conditioned thought patterns. We have to use the RE words. What are some RE words? Remember. What's another one? Return. Huh? Return. Return. 
Return to one. What's another R-E word? Resolve. Resolve. What else? Reboot. Reboot. <laughs> Reconnect. Review. Re-enter. All of us have to encourage ourselves because we do fall into this state, right? And when we feel as though we've hit the rocks and we're, you know, there with our gills exposed, don't lose heart. So in the spirit of this particular time, resurrect! Most important R-E word. Resurrect! Resurrect yourself. Be reborn into renewed diligence. When you feel, oh, I just can't get this koan. How many dog sons have I been? And every time she rings the bell, ah. resurrect, recharge, be reborn, have renewed vow. This is the most important thing. Don't stop. And then, what's he say? My verse is done. You are Buddha from the beginning. What am I going to tell you? I have nothing. And then he says, but do you really hear me? Do you really get it? He's saying, that's all there is to it. Do you understand? Don't get caught up in evaluating your progress as a Zen student. This is a very sticky thing when we start judging how well we're doing. We get further and further entangled in those vines of duality. So I may ask you, when you come to Dogsan, how are you doing? Mm, dangerous question. Well, my Zazen is better today. Oh, really? Oh, I'm so glad for you. It breeds anxiety. It throws us into some sort of turmoil if we separate from what we are experiencing, no matter how hideous the experience, be willing to experience it. Okay? Uman, back and forth, again and again, trying to see Bokshu. <sighs> be willing. No matter what, this is our practice. And then he says, take it easy. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to push it somewhere. Don't try to force anything. This is your ordinary mind at play. Right? At play in the fields of the Lord. This Easter weekend. This is it. Be unwavering. Be steady. Stop any further confusion, Secho says. All of these things that I have just talked about just breed confusion. How am I doing? Oh, well, I guess I've handled that interaction really well. It must have been coming from my mushin, huh? Forget about it. Stop any further confusion. 72 blows are not enough. 
Still confused? It's hard to let you go with 150. Setro suddenly got down from the platform and brandished his staff. The assembly scattered at once. (laughs) This is the end. But I see you're still here, so perhaps we still have some interaction to investigate. Oh.